0: And my mom picked me up from the airport. My mom's pretty intense. And uh, uh, she looked at me and was like, you just threw away your entire life. You dropped out of college. Like you turned down these job offers. Like, what are you gonna do? Like, what's your plan? What are you gonna do now? And uh, I just looked out the window and there's a bunch of docks. Um, And when I say docks, I mean trucking, like loading docks for trucks. I looked out the window and I just, at the time it was just an idea to get my mom to stop yelling at me. And I just, I'm gonna work with
1: trucks. From Grindstone. This is Nebraska Made, a narrative journey through the lives of Nebraska's most inspiring business leaders. We unpack the intimate details of how our guests navigated obstacles and built their companies in pursuit of the good life. I'm JT Martin, and our guest today is the CEO and co founder of Basic Block, a tech company looking to help streamline payroll for trucking companies. Our guest today, Taylor Monks, is just 26 years old, but he's already the founder of a fintech company called Basic Block that's received $4 million in funding to date.
0: My name is Taylor Monks. I'm the CEO and one of the co founders at Basic Block.
1: Rumor has it that another massive round of funding is in the works, but legally, we aren't able to talk about that yet on this show. Taylor went from a rebellious adolescent to a tech entrepreneur wooing esteemed Silicon Valley investors almost overnight. And today we're gonna try to find out just how this was possible. So I was born in Chichester, England, which is
0: comparatively to London, a small town, probably just 45, 50 minutes outside London. I was always the kid, like even in high school, you know, playing on the computer and, and you know, doing things I probably shouldn't be to like our, our internet. And I'm not a very great rule follower. I've never been a great rule follower. In fact, I've 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 actually never had a job that I didn't get fired from, like ever. Like or like left in a, a way that I didn't like it, or we weren't friends anymore. Just because I always was wondering and questioning why couldn't we do things better? Why was like why do we do this? Why are we doing one thing one way when we should be doing it the other way? You're a boundary pusher. Yeah. I was always just like, I needed like freedom to, to do what I needed to do to push like the level of innovation or, or, um, potential that the company could have. And I always felt like I could do that, but I, I, as a young kid, like typically you just fall in line and do what you're supposed to do. And that just wasn't where I got excited or wasn't what I was passionate about.
1: Tell me about when you moved to Nebraska in seventh grade ish, what was your first impression when you got here?
0: So after I'd I'd moved from London uh, with my mom, my parents got divorced. We moved back to Nebraska where her mom, her her uh, sister was, my aunt Deanna. My first impression was I remember my we my brother, my brother Haas and myself. We were decent football players in Arizona, um, and my mom sat us down. My dad was going to be a, a head coach here and all this stuff. My mom kind of sat us down. It's like, hey, Nebraska is going to be. Like these boys are different. They're gonna be better at football than you guys. And so you guys are probably gonna sit the bench. Like that's what my mom pretty much told us as like these young kids. So I think that my first impression was like, yeah, like I'm just gonna like, I'm gonna be a normal average kid here. And then when I started to play football, I realized like, oh, actually like, I can compete with these people. And, and you know, you recycle that even to like, you know, a couple years ago when we went out to Silicon Valley, it was the same feeling. You know, they're gonna be better than you. Um, what we realized, though, is like, hey, maybe we actually can compete there, too. Um, so it kind of all came full circle. So I've realized that now that it's okay to feel that way, but, you know, showing up and competing is the only way that, like, you're going to be able to know who's better than who.
1: So Taylor spends most of his formative years in North Platte and goes to Nebraska Wesleyan for college, plays on the football team, and wins back-to-back pitch competitions, earning him an entrance into a mini accelerator in Estonia in Eastern Europe. While abroad... Taylor got his first chance to see what a billion-dollar startup looked like, shadowing at companies like Pipedrive, TransferWise, and Skype, and he caught the startup bug. But once he returned to Nebraska, he found himself at odds with some of his professors over his new, innovative ambitions. Fast forward to 2017, I, uh, I, went to, I, I had invested in
0: Bitcoin pretty early, like 2013. My dad and I used to use it all the time. Um, as he lived in London, we'd send money back and forth to each other. I had made some money, not a bunch of money, but enough money that, you know, I felt like I had a lot of money, which in reality now is not, you know, it was like 50, 60 grand. I went to my, uh, international finance class. Um, I was an international business major at Nebraska Westland. And I wrote this white paper on basically the implications of like blockchain and cryptocurrency in trade and like what I thought about it. And some Bitcoin was in there too. And I turned that in for my midterm. And then, um, uh you know we go to thanksgiving and then i come back and i get i get my paper on like monday or tuesday i can't remember and uh the professor was actually my advisor at the time on my yeah my, my advisor at the time and uh she had failed me uh and i asked her why she failed me and she's you know like this paper is supposed to be you know a factual paper and th- this isn't based on facts and this isn't real and and at that time i i, I knew i had a decent amount of money in my and in my wallet like i transferred my savings and i also, just had all these other feelings of like I had worked in startup companies before, and the stuff they were not, te- the stuff they were teaching me in school wasn't what I was actually meant in the real world. And I think like that moment of just like her failing me and me being so passionate about this that I just said like You're wrong, and I'm dropping out. Like I'm like leaving. And I remember I remember exactly where I sat. Um, I was in the front right of the room. I was in class with a lot of my friends at the time, and I just said I'm dropping out. Like, and she was like, What do you mean? I was like, I'm like I'm, I'm dropping out. Just consider this like, however you have to drop out of college, this is it. Like, I don't know what's happening, but I'm not coming back. And I remember picking up my paper, throwing it in my backpack and leaving. And before I even got to, uh, um, I hadn't told my mom, I had really not told any of my friends. And by the time I even gotten back to my house, I lived a block away um, from the university. I would walked there. I would basically bought a ticket to England and I was gonna go um, immediately. Like I was out of there. So it kind of all just happened right in, in one kind of area. And I left like right away. And
1: I didn't really even look back. I didn't really even think about it. The the reason that you were set off by your professor is because you wrote a paper on crypto and bitcoin and she didn't believe in the technology. She didn't believe that it was grounded in reality. You're exactly right. It
0: word for word that's the best way to say it. And you know, there was definitely some it was kind of the thesis really of basic block at the time like expediting payments. I still have it to this day. I believed in it and I just couldn't believe that somebody would be so I don't know what the word is like I guess I don't want to say arrogant but they just they were just turning away from this really incredible technology that was clearly worth something. Like I had real money in my bank account that I had made from this technology and I was like you just can't ignore that. So I I bought this ticket, I dropped out of college, I go to London and my idea going to London it was more like just to be off the grid, like not hang out with anyone, not text anyone. Um, so it just gave me a lot of time to like think and think about what I wanted to do in all reality I just partied too much and spent too much money. I was like well I don't want to do this any longer like my 60 grand was dwindling fast um, So that's when I came back to Nebraska and my mom picked me up from the airport my mom's pretty intense and uh, uh she looked at me and was like, you just threw away your entire life. You dropped out of college. Like you turned down these job offers. Like, what are you going to do? Like, what's your plan? What are you going to do now? And uh, I just looked out the window and there's a bunch of docks. Um, And when I say docks, I mean trucking, like loading docks for trucks. I looked out the window and I just, at the time it was just an idea to get my mom to stop yelling at me. And I just, I'm going to work with trucks. So I I didn't really know anything about trucks. It's always funny that they like think, oh, he's from Nebraska. He must know a lot about trucks. When In all reality, like it took me about a year to figure out like what trucking was like. Wow. And so
1: what if there had been a corn silo out the window? Do you think you might have done a completely different company? I don't know. That's a great question. I think um,
0: I'm passionate about building businesses, whatever that business is. It could be a pencil business. It could be, you know, a brewery. It could be whatever it is. Right. Um, and, And I think that in that moment, it was just like maybe like the stars aligned and like I just got on the path that I was supposed to be on and looked out the window at that time and it just worked out. My mom was very quick to point out as she normally is that I knew nothing about those trucks but uh I told her just give me a year and I'll figure it out and you know thank god I figured it out.
1: (laughs) So Taylor becomes dead set on changing the trucking industry and because of his early successes with cryptocurrency he begins to look at doing it with blockchain technology. Hence the name Basic Block so what exactly is blockchain technology well think about blockchain as a way of establishing trust in simple terms blockchain is a set of really complex math problems that are so unique that they act like kind of a fingerprint for authentication so if someone sends money over the network on the blockchain the transaction combines some of the information about a recently solved math problem in the chain and some about the current transaction and the current math problems. And then it builds a new math problem that can't be changed, hacked, or duplicated because it's just too complicated. So it's virtually impossible to cheat the system, which is why you can send money overseas with Bitcoin in the blink of an eye and authenticate it versus wiring money through a bank where the transaction needs to be verified by a human. Well, Taylor thought, what if we use this in trucking supply chains to transmit information faster and transact payments? So that's what he set out to do. He partnered with a dev shop. He started talking to every investor that would talk to him and every truck driver that would hear from him. So you make this announcement to your mom. What do you do the next day? What's the first step that you take? Do you go look at a truck? Do you talk to a truck driver? What do you do? Yeah, so I called my my first
0: co-founder, Brett Byman. Um, I called him and pretty much sent him this novel, like three-page text, like this is my idea. In reality, I had no idea what I was going to do, but I was, this is what my idea is. And Brett had started companies before and been successful, and I had met him when I was at university. And we sent off to work, and realistically, it was just, it was, let's just go to some truck stops at first. Um, You know, Brett's really main job at the time was just keeping me alive, I would say. Like making sure Taylor doesn't die, and just making sure that like all the corporate and legal stuff that we probably have to do gets done um so i would go to truck stops and i would talk to random truckers and then you know then i had the bright idea they're always bright ideas at the time and then you look back and i like, got oh, stupid but uh, i had the bright idea i had told brett i'm gonna get in one of these trucks with these guys He's like well, you know i was like no I'm just gonna see what happens. Let's see if we can learn how to be truckers. And the only way I know how to learn is just to go do. And that was when the real big learning started to happen is I started hitchhiking around with truck drivers and like learning what it took to be a trucker. And, and you know, I drove thousands of miles and I realistically learned how to be a trucker. And, and I then had all this experience like technology that I'd brought with me throughout college. Um, and I was like, wow, I see a really big problem here. We should go try and solve it. Um, that took about, I would say eight months So I spent pretty much eight months researching because trucking and transportation, logistics in general and freight in general is really complex. There's so many different parties involved um, that it took us a while. And then we also had to look at the market and understand what people were doing and then understand how we could fit in. Um, Yeah, and then we went off and did it and it it was awesome, it was fun.
1: What's something about trucking culture or the trucking industry that really stood out to you as maybe weird or archaic or something that, wow, you guys eat Runza every single meal of the day? I didn't expect that.
0: Well, I think they're just genuinely good people that like want to, they're entrepreneurs just like me. I mean, you go, 93% of the trucking market are trucking companies that are less than eight trucks. So it's these mom and pop shops. They're just like me. I think they get this stereotype that they're, they don't know what they're, they're stupid, but that's not actually true. There's a lot of fucking smart truck drivers. Like I met truck drivers that have mined Bitcoin, um, in their trucks. Like I've met truck drivers that, uh, you know, are big into Doge and all these like different cryptocurrencies, right? So they're smart dudes. I think that what attracted me to tech is you had these kind of overlooked industry, this last frontier, this final frontier of, of trucking that was really built on just shitty tech uh, and using, you know, paper documents to to move around all the equipment that you can imagine. Like, I mean, everything in this room probably came on a truck, right?
1: Everything. It sounds like they've really kind of accepted you as an ally and, you know, whether it's, you know, your Nebraska roots or your kind of naivete about the the industry and your ability, your willingness to learn and really kind of get behind the wheel with them and, you know, travel the miles seems like they really. Yeah, literally.
0: Yeah. Right. Like I, and I think that I agree. There's not a lot of people out there that can, can relate to a trucker and like put themselves in their shoes. Um, I think across our entire team, whether it's Brett, Corey, our CTO, Cole, our head sales guy, like whoever it is on our team, like we do a really great job of like closing our eyes and being in their shoes. Um, I think that our team has we we're terrible at empathy for each other, but we have incredible
1: empathy for our user. Hey, Nebraskans, If you like this podcast, check out the other podcast from Grindstone called Spark to Fire where Grindstone CEO Landon Rhodes interviews entrepreneurs and elite performers to unpack what made them successful from both a business and a personal growth standpoint. You can find Spark to Fire on all of the major streaming platforms. Basic block is rolling. You guys have clients. The technology is getting honed in on. You actually have a product now. Tell me about raising money.
0: Raising money now is really easy. Back then, it was really hard because um, we didn't have a lot. We were from Nebraska; we didn't have a lot of money. Um, getting to that point was was just ridiculous. I think that I think a lot of people don't understand. Like, we worked for years, like no salary. I think it was like a year and a half or two years that Brett and I didn't take a salary. The original us, the original two co-founders, before we brought Corey Collins on, um, we had a lot of hot leads, and we got to like you know, you know, the ninth inning with so many investors, and just pulled out, and it was just like back to the drawing board, right? Like another Solerion study or those types of things. And um, we didn't really have, we had no money. Um, we had we had just won the Lincoln Launch Grant. We were using that to develop. So Brett and I still weren't paying a salary. We were running out of money. And I had this idea to go to Silicon Valley um, and participate in this program called Draper University. Yet we didn't have the money to pay for it, nor did we have the money to even fly me there. So I emailed Tim Draper, who was the head of that, and he actually gave me a full scholarship to go. So I get this full scholarship to go for five weeks, live in Silicon Valley with one of the you know, best entrepreneurs and investors ever, Tim Draper, with all these kids, right? And these kids like didn't really have businesses, but it gave me the opportunity to like go live there and 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 potentially meet investors. That was like what I thought would happen. So I emailed Christina Oldfather uh, and we didn't have the money to fly there. So I emailed Christina Oldfather. She like gets a founder's grant for us like in like, we're talking like 24 hours or less. She gives us basically a thousand dollars. We use that to pay for flights and like me to get there, right? And like some other stuff that I had to pay for to go. Um, get there, and I remember like the day before I leave, that Sunday or whatever it was, I was at Easter and my parents with all my, and my mom was pretty much like come back with a check or don't come back at all type of thing. So we leave, go to Silicon Valley. We're there for five weeks. I get a, a meeting with Jason Calacanis, who is definitely the GOAT. He is the greatest of all time when it comes to angel investing, fact. Got a meeting with him and um, it was absolutely incredible. I mean, we go to the accelerator and it was funny. They were interviewing, we were all sitting around this table. And, you know, before they were, you know, you, to get the interview, it's tough. But then once you get the interview, you finally get to Jason. He's like the last one. You go through these things we're getting through. And they were asking how many full-time employees do you have, you know, how much revenue did you make in 2019 or or all of 2018? What's your revenue in Q1 of 2019 or whatever it was? You know, people are saying, oh, we made like half a million last year, or oh, we're on track to do half a million this quarter. And you know, we didn't have revenue. We only had pre-sales. Like we didn't. We hardly. We didn't even have a product. Like our product had gotten launched that day that I'm sitting there about to meet him, and we like. Push so hard to get one user because I know Jason just wants like a product out in market and like some small users. So we get there, and you know, like she asks me, and I go, uh, We don't like we just have pre sales, like we don't, you know, and she goes, Were oh, you intimidated? Oh, I mean, yeah, at that moment, like it was like I was, I remember leaving, him, like, there's no way, like these guys have real companies. We're not a real company, like we only have, like we, like when they wrote, she, they were like, What do you mean pre sales? We're like, Well, people bought the product before we have the product, and it was like we were having to explain it. I definitely didn't look like I belonged. Like I looked like a kid from Nebraska. And uh yeah, the next thing you know, like a, a week later, like he signed us a check for a hundred thousand dollars and like I actually have money to like fly back. How did he break you the news? Jason Mott called me and he just said like, hey, you're in. And I was like, are you serious? Like, you know, like, great. Like, I like, what do we do? Like, what's the plan? You know?" And I remember like calling Brett and he's like, no way. Like, and I'm like, dude, this is a huge deal. Like, you know, it's like you go to Silicon Valley and people knew we were going to Silicon Valley. Obviously we're still trying to raise money before we left. And I remember there was a firm here in Nebraska that, you know, was like, no, you're just like, you're not early enough or you're too early, you're too early, you're too early, you're too early. And I just told them like, I'm going to go to Silicon Valley and I'm going to raise this money from the best angel investor of all time. When I come back, you're going to call me. When you call me, like I'm going to have a million options down. I don't have to take your money. You know, and I like burned that bridge so hard. Um, and you know, it." We did, we did it. Like we went out, we did it. Like we said we were gonna go kill Bigfoot, but we didn't just kill Bigfoot. Like we killed the entire family. We brought them back and everybody's like, holy shit. Like they did it, right? Um, And it was incredible. You know, the next day after like we announced it, like we had investors from all over the country, like hitting us up. Like how, like how can we get in? What do you want? Like what's the deal? Um, Which is amazing. You know, we raised money right away. And and then we were just off to the races. It, It was easily the biggest moment um, of our company. Like at the time, like that just catapulted us into kind of this different mentality and growth and like kind of mindset I would say.
1: I mean, I bet your mom was pretty surprised after you said, looked out the window. Yeah, I think I'm going to work on trucks. And then all of a sudden, yeah, I'm going to go to Silicon Valley and work on trucks now.
0: Yeah, it was a, you know, I think my mom, again, I think my mom would say like it just, I was just like
1: meant to do it. So, Basic Block is off to the races and has a network of investors pushing them forward. They get money from Invest Nebraska, the Global Financial Group, the Rise of the Rest, Emergent Ventures, SaaS Ventures, and others, which brings us to where we are today at Basic Block as they continue to work to disrupt the $760 billion trucking industry. You're sort of living proof that a kid here in Nebraska can build a tech company, go to Silicon Valley, Get product market fit, find the you know industry validation to get something off the ground like this, and you know you're doing it.
0: Yeah, I mean it's been fun. It's really fucking hard though. Like I think people don't realize that. Like it's the, the statement "more money, more problems" is like a hundred percent as accurate as it can be. As you raise more money, the expectations become much greater, and 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 the pressure that is put on that everybody knows we're a small team that everybody has becomes, um, I don't want to say
1: toxic, but like intoxicating. What do you think about starting Basic Walk in Nebraska helped you maybe even just from a personal standpoint? What's great about Nebraska and building
0: here is, is how connected everybody is. Um, so it's really easy to to find mentors and people that have done it before, whether it's the CEO at Huddle or at Builder Trend or those guys, right? They've been through that hyper growth phase that I've never been through. Um and I think that the the benefits of the of having that in our state currently are really great. That's something that we're just kind of we're just really kind of finding out who we are as an ecosystem right now. I think we're really, we're really immature as an as an ecosystem. And now we've had these companies scale and we've had these leaders go through it. That our company Basic Block is kind of the first one that can lean on these other individuals that just did it.
1: Today, Basic Block has seen about 60% growth month over month as they continue to grow their offerings. Look out for Basic Block in the headlines as they aim to close their next round of funding, which Taylor promises to be a head turner. I'm JT Martin, and this has been a Grindstone production. Grindstone is one of the premier production and marketing firms here in Lincoln, offering everything you need to grow your business from video and podcast production to social media management and media buying. You can learn more by visiting grindstoneagency.com.
0: It is like this kind of become this like funny line of, yeah, I'm from Nebraska and what we have is corn, college, football, and trucks. I say it every time, the first time I ever meet any venture capitalist. I love it, it totally like
1: compartmentalizes you in their heads, it's memorable, I love it. That's great.